You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. In Numbers 13, the Bible tells us from verse 1 that the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. Okay, so men were selected from each tribe. And when those men went and they came back, they had 12 men came. They had two different reports. Ten men had a report, and they said, verse 27 says, Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. 28. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not well able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land we had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, okay, in Bracken, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Praise the Lord. These were men that the Bible says God had said, go and look at the land that I want to give you. Praise the Lord. Go and look at the land that I want to give you. It says, verse 2 of 13 says, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Who is giving it to them? God. Praise God. Now, they came back, and this was their report. Thank God for the minority report. The minority said, let us go up at once, for we are well able. But the majority said, no, didn't you see? Didn't you see the men? They were giants. Can't you see ourselves? We are grasshoppers. We are not able. Now, come to the, uh, chapter 14. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes 
And they spoke to all the congregation of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an what? Exceedingly good land. Praise the Lord. And we've been told here that the land Nigeria is what? It's a good land. We don't need to be told. Nigeria is a blessed land. God has blessed our country. Praise the Lord. So the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Praise the Lord. You see, we see here a classical case of where our country is now. To say that Nigeria is a good land is to state the obvious, isn't it? A few people that I've interacted with that work with expatriates, boats, you know, in the oil industry, communications, every industry. Most of the people who come to Nigeria, the expatriates that are posted here, they don't want to go back. There's something they see here. Not to tell us about the Indians and the Lebanese. Long before we started migrating to Canada and the rest of them, Lebanese and Indians were migrating to Nigeria. Praise the Lord. The Chinese now, some of them are learning Nigerian languages because they see something in our country. Praise the Lord. However, for the average Nigerian, what does he want to do? He wants to pack up and go. Whereas this land, this nation is given to us. Praise the Lord. It's the land of your birth. It's your heritage. It's the appointed place, the pre-appointed place for you. God's first choice for you and I to live in, to dwell in, to fulfill our purposes in. Now, I would be very unreasonable if I stand here and disagree with many of us or almost all of us that we have challenges as a nation. We have issues, praise the Lord. They can become heartbreaking. And truly for a few, you know, for, I, I, I wanted to say a few years, but I, I just, it's been a long time that the matters of Nigeria breaks my heart. Maybe I would have been looking younger than I am looking now if I were not, you know. But it breaks my heart. You see the things that are happening. You hear the things that are happening. And then as I look at the scripture, I see what it's saying. And I see that we're missing a few things there. Come with me to 14 now, from verse 7 down to 9 again. It said, the land we pass through to spy out, part B of it, is what? An exceedingly good land. Did he say there were no giants in the land? He just said the land is good. Verse 8 says, if the Lord will delights in us, then what will he do? He will bring us into the land. So I see that where we have missed it, or where I have missed it, is that I think and expect that somebody, some human being, some normal person, will just call us to a meeting like they do in you know, Kuwait, 
and then Qatar and some other places and say there is an oil boom. So everybody, you're going to get an extra $25,000 in your account. You know, something happens to say you're going to get this. That's what we've been thinking, that this thing is going to come to us on a plate of silver. But what we are seeing here is that the two, Joshua and Caleb, did not deny the presence of giants. All they said is, these giants are bread for us. Who doesn't like giant bread here? How many of us grew up when there was bread that was called luxurious? Some of you wouldn't know it because luxurious is now the kekena. Before, there were breads in different sizes. There is a bread that is one meal, you know. Then there is the one for two people, for a jimaz. Then there is the one that when you drop it on the table, it's family meal. Praise the Lord. Who doesn't like that type of bread? You see? But we look at it and we look at our problems and we run away from them. Now, this morning, I want you to leave church today by the help of the Holy Spirit with an attitude, a correct divine attitude towards giants. Praise the Lord. Listen to me. A giant is only a giant depending on where you're looking at it or him from. Do you know that from above, you cannot tell? Is someone hearing me? And the Bible says, you and I are no longer to look at things from this perspective. In fact, the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not what? They are not carnal. They are not at this level. What are they? It says they are mighty. How? Through God. So we fight, we consider, we appraise, we analyze, not on a face-to-face basis. Because if we do that, we will come to the same conclusion with the ten spies. The ten spies says these people are mightier than us. They are taller than us. These people are bigger than us. Were they telling lies? No, they were giving facts. Praise the Lord. But now, when the other people said, yes, these people are all of that, but they are bread, were they also telling lies? No. It's level versus what? Level. Now, water turns to vapor. Was it? It's CH2O, isn't it? But it's a different level. It's the same water. So they were all saying the truth, but at different levels. These people are bigger, they're mightier, they're all of that than us. Yes. But then they are bread. So is it a problem eating bread that is bigger than you? You're understanding it now? He said they're bigger. I said yes. You know, one of them said, if you read the story well, one of them said, these people there, he said their land will eat us. Their land eats its inhabitants. Isn't that good? If the land had an option of who to eat, is it keke that he will eat or luxurious? Which one will he eat? Do you understand? They were bringing facts, but they had made up their minds that they would not go in. So everything was being used to support a stand they had. You see, this morning, I want you as a believer to understand, the reason God permits you and I to see giants in our world is just to use them to bring glory to his name. Never to stop us. Never to stop us. Never to stop us. The truth is this, you're here, any area of your life that you have a major challenge, leaving the nation now, 
private, any area of your life that there is a major challenge to you that looks insurmountable, from this morning, I want you to rearrange your thinking, to see that challenge as God packaged meal given to you, that if you decipher the will of God and the purpose of God and the plan of God, it will become a testimony for you. You see, God is a God whose name is Jealous. And God will not allow anyone who follows him, who trusts him, who serves him, who wants to know him. He will not allow you to see anything that will put a question mark on his capacity. Praise the Lord, somebody. No, that day has not come. We serve a God who is jealous for his glory. It means if he permits you to be in a situation that will scare you, Remember, the Bible says we are to fear who only? Only God. If there is anything now that is creating fear to you, God is jealous of that thing. And if you permit him, he will make that thing a nonsense. Nonsense. Are you getting what I'm saying? The reason this man saw giants was simply so that after God brings the giants down, they will know that their God is what? A giant killer. It wasn't so that they'll see giants and turn back. How would they worship in the house of God when they bow their heads and they're thinking, ah, thank, let giants not come. No, God wants to make a display. You see, God sent Moses back to Egypt to bring the people out. And when Moses went back, God could have made Pharaoh the moment Moses came back to say, ah, my son, I missed you, or my brother, whichever one he was to him, and say, let your people go. But you see, the Bible says, the heart of Pharaoh was what? Was hardened. Why was his heart hardened? So that God can show his glory through him. The difficult obstacle that is before you, health, financial, whatever it is, if you have God, it is bread. The only difference is that, you see, the children of Israel didn't eat Pharaoh. It was a fish that ate Pharaoh. But the fishes were glad. Do you understand? They were glad. But this man could have said, go. No, but he said, no, you're not going. In fact, when they left, what did he do? He saddled his horses, his chariots, and pursued. What was all that for? If Pharaoh had just also, even after the killing of the firstborns, had just let them go, you know, you know Rahab would not have heard what happened. What happened was that these people, on top of their walls, they were seeing a big war going on. They were seeing people running. And then they were seeing people pursuing them. And they could see that the pursuers were armed. So they were just watching to see how these mighty pursuers would destroy these little rats that are running. And while they're watching, they saw these people come out of the sea. Then all of a sudden, they saw the other people swimming. They said, this thing is a joke. They saw the other people swimming, swimming, swimming swimming and then all of a sudden they didn't see them again and only the children of Israel remained that's why Rahab said your God will be what I'm not fighting you people listen to me if you keep with God your giants will be an object lesson that God is greater that God is greater people of this nation I want you to know we are still where we are because we haven't gotten a few things right and we will get them right. Because we will see what is critical here. Verse 8 said, if the Lord delights, if the Lord delights, 
If the Lord delights, I'm going to move to 1 Samuel 17. If the Lord delights, it's almost like it's a one-sided battle. You notice here, they didn't say, if the giants make a mistake. No. And you must understand this in every area. Spiritual warfare. It doesn't matter what the devil is doing. That's why some people go and study, how does the devil talk? How does the devil come? The language of the devil. You know, this and that. You don't need to know. Praise the Lord. You don't need an analysis of darkness to know light that will drive it away. Light will always do what? Drive darkness away. I don't need to study. It's not necessary. Joshua said, if the Lord delights in us, what is he going to do? He'll bring us into this land. So really, you and I have a one-sided occupation. Our assignment is to one. Who is that one? Jehovah. I don't know when I wrote this thing, but I'll just read it so I don't miss it then. It said, there's nothing to be ashamed of in trying or making an effort to impress. You know, as human beings, human nature, basically, we all make efforts to impress. Some of us here today coming to church, if you knew you would see some other person who was going to come, maybe an old friend, a business partner, or whatever, you would have thought how you will appear so that when you see the person, the person will be what? Impressed, isn't it? Or you're going somewhere, you know, whatever it is. Now, the problem is this. We do put in effort to impress people, to impress all kinds of, you know, persons or situations and all of that. But the problem is this. It does not really matter who you're trying to impress. But the person you're trying to impress, does he matter? Does he matter? I remember many years ago in the banking industry, you know, Bankers are known with suits and ties and, you know, the higher you go, you know, the better your suits and your ties and your shoes and all of that. While we're all there, you know, bank MDs and people were working, striving to grow up in the ladder. One man came from the business industry and bought a bank and became the chairman of the bank and he decided he wouldn't wear a tie. Praise God. You see, he was not going to apply for a job. If he went... And many of us know who I'm talking about. If he went for an interview the way he was dressed, he won't be employed. Nobody will employ him. But you see, he had bought the bank. So he didn't need to impress anybody. What am I saying, child of God? As believers, if you knew how important God was in your life, every step you take will be to impress him. And when you're able to get to that point, it doesn't matter the giants. Because when God is pleased with you, that's what they say. If the Lord delights, the word delight means find pleasure. Means he looks for you. God is in the Father's church now. And he say, ah, where, where is sister so-so? Oh, she delights me. People of God, it doesn't matter what the enemy, it doesn't matter what rises up against that sister. As long as in the heart of God, she's a source of delight. No weapon formed against her will be able to prosper. That's why the Bible said of David, it said, I found David, the son of Jesse, what? A man after my heart. God enjoyed David. God enjoyed David. And that's why his life was such a wonder. This morning, people of God, it's not the problems. It's not the enemies. It's none of those things. It's nothing. It's not even about your spouse. 
Many of us are having issues with our life partners. You're having issues with parents, with colleagues, with different people. It's none of them. Seek that God will look at you in that office and say, I am happy with you. Seek that God will look at you in that union and say, daughter, you make me proud in that union. You know why? Our weapons are what? Through God. For the child of God, once you can communicate to God, praise the Lord, once you can make contact with God, once you can become a voice that God will hear, once your prayers can be prayers that heaven will answer, are you getting me? Then you become a terror to darkness. Brethren, the world we live in, both physical, visible and invisible, was created by what? By the words of God. It was the power of God that spoke everything into being. Now, do you know the privilege it is that you have that you can speak to the one who spoke the world into being? Are you getting what I'm saying? You see, we don't begin to understand this thing. That the one who spoke the heavens and the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, the seas, the rocks, the trees, the birds, the animals, the beasts of the field, he can hear you and consider your opinion. It's not something you should joke with. And that's why Joshua said, if he delights in us, what means if he hears us, if we're able to get on his side, Joshua also learned this lesson. When he met the man before the battle of Jericho, I believe it's Joshua 5. When he met the man, he said he saw a man with a drawn sword. And he went to the man and said to him, are you for us or for what? Adversaries. And he said, I'm not for anybody. I come as what? The commander of the host of heavens. And immediately Joshua said, if that is who you are, then I bow. Praise the Lord. If I can be in the army, of the commander of the host of heaven. Then who are my enemies? Praise the Lord. Then who are my enemies? Now, these things I'm saying is so that you will come and have a change of perspective. I wonder, you know, with the accounts in the scriptures, I'm not talking to unbelievers. The people who are born again, troubles, trials, devils, you know, robbers, kidnappers, all of that. Do you imagine they act where God doesn't see them? Do you remind yourselves that God is omnipotent? Praise God. God is omnipotent. It means he can stop whatever he wants to stop. Two, do you remind yourself that God is omniscient? It means no plot can be hidden from him. There is no plan that has been Effected that has been planned. In fact, the Bible says God knows our thoughts are far off. So before we even think it up to plan it, He knows. The life of our Lord and Savior Jesus, when He was on earth, many times before the people will be thinking to ask a question, He will answer them. That's how far, you know, and how deep are God. So God is omniscient, He comprehends all things. So he comprehends this. Why do we see this thing? Simple. He has said you and I are what? Overcomers. We're overcomers. We are not dodgers. Come with me to 1 Samuel 17. It's a long one and um, we'll read and run through. It's the account of the Philistines when they gathered together for battle against the children of Israel. Verse 1 says, Now the Philistines gathered 
1 Samuel 17:1. Gathered their armies together to battle, and were gathered at Sokol, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Sokol and Azekah in Ephes Damin. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah and dropped in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion, verse 4, and a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And the shield bearer went before him. Praise the Lord. That's not all. And then they said, he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said, Why have you come up to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. People of God, with this type of analysis, who wants to come against him? Eh? They used how many verses? Three, four, five, six. To tell us what he had. And after that, he wasn't even alone. He had somebody standing in front of him. So the fact he was giant was not enough. Brethren, this is how troubles can appear. This is how troubles can appear. But thank God, we have the rest of the story. Praise the Lord. Let me, I'm not saying you come here and say there is no problem. No, we have problems. Oh, we have problems. The mediocrity in this nation is worse than corruption. Did you hear the NYC director? He said that some graduates cannot read the alphabet. This is your country. A, B, A, A, B, 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 D. Many graduates can't even write a letter. That one is normal. And these are people that will be your, uh, I don't want to say doctors. <laughs> Did you see one letter that was written from A, B, U, Zaria, seconding someone to one hospital? <laughs> The mediocrity alone does leave any other thing. There's people who don't know their left from their right. It's terrible. And do you know why some of these things happen at police checkpoints? You see, some of these policemen, that's why they told us not to speak English to them. If you're speaking English, every grammar, especially some of you that are speaking for them, for them is the insult. You see, you're insulting the man the way you're speaking. You say, what do you mean? These are my rights. He looks at you. He just shoots you because you have shot him with English. He shoots you with God. You know? So the police Piero said, please, step down your English. That's why all you children here that are claiming you don't know how to speak your native language. Better go and learn. The mediocrity is worse than any. People don't know. They don't know. Now, we have problems. It's like Goliath's armor. From this angle, from this angle, from this angle, the greed is there. You know, the lack of vision is there. The lack of understanding. I heard recently that when some of these are politicians, the ones that we think even are good, when they meet, that the drink they drink is about 36 million for a carton. 36 million naira. Who will be earning his money and be spending 36 million naira for 12 bottles of drink? These are the good ones, so the ones that have sense. So we have problems. Nigeria has issues. You know, a lot of projects are not carried on from one regime to the other because of envy. If he completes it, it will be that this project that was commissioned and started by this person. So he will abandon it. Do you understand? 
We have all these problems. Now, what do we do? Do you know that every day Goliath will come and these people will look at the same analysis. Look at all these things. Look at the injustice. Look at the nepotism. Look at the corruption. Look at that. And all they just keep saying is, have you heard? Have you seen? Have you heard? Have you seen? And they were in the same situation for 40 days. In a state of paralysis. Thank God the Bible said a day came. Jesse, the father of David, who had his three sons already in the army, three older sons, sent the young man David, and what was he sent to do? He was sent to take bread and cheese to his brothers in the war front. And the Bible says when David got there, he saw the people running back, and he said, what is going on? He said, have you not heard? And they told him the story while he was telling, the man actually came out and began to speak. Let me find where he spoke again. Okay, verse 23. It says, Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of God, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard these words. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. I bind the spirit of fear in the people of God in the name of Jesus. So the men of Israel said, speaking to David now, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches. Will give him his daughter, give him his fathers, and give his fathers as exemption from taxes in Israel. So they could see potential. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Underline that word reproach in your Bible. You see, reproach is something that when you understand what it is, it's better you're dead than you're reproached. Until the righteous in Nigeria would choose rather to be dead than to continue to allow things to go on. We are not going to face this giant. Because if we see it just as a game, you keep adjusting. David said, can you see this man that is just challenging Israel? David said, no, it's not a challenge. It's a reproach. It's a reproach. People of God, until you see what you're going through as a reproach against not just you. The second part, look at what it says there. For who is this uncircumcised that he should now what? Defy the armies of the living God. On Wednesday, we learn that we are God's executive arm. God has chosen us. In Psalm 82, it says, you are God. I've chosen you to stand in my stead. Until you see from God's point of view what the problem that you're facing, the challenges, until you catch it from that perspective, you will not have the heart to respond. Praise the Lord. You won't. David said, this is a reproach. You know, in Igbo, it would be like saying, Allo, isn't it? It would be like saying, this thing cannot go on. But you see, how does such level of provocation come? Now, in a society where, like we've learned, everybody's trying to keep his own. Before it gets to you, it will be, you know, many things would have gone. Remember, David was not in the army. So David was not even amongst those that Goliath was challenging. He wasn't in the army. What was his business? His business was to bring bread and what? Cheese. Drop it and go. And they would have marked him good. But when he heard the words, something kindled in him. Child of God, we've said it here. 
Anything that God permits you to see, anything that God permits you to hear, any circumstance God permits you to go through, is not for storytelling, it's for your reasonable response. I saw somewhere recently, I mean, a few of us may have seen it, someone, you know, was writing about a hospital somewhere in Lagos, and interestingly, it was something sent, something German hospital. And the person said, this hospital has been killing people and was trying to draw the attention of uh, Nigerian Medical Council to it. Now, do you know that such places exist that people have experienced and then they just complain on the side and then they kill another person and then they kill another person and then they kill another person. Listen to me, people of God. God does not allow you to hear just anything. When you hear, it's for your active word, response. When you see, it's for your intervention. And let me tell you, you don't have to carry placards. In fact, I'm not for placards at all. But you can pray. And the Holy Spirit can direct you to do some things. Praise the Lord. Which placard may be one of them. But just know that I didn't see it for sin's sake. I didn't experience it for just, you know, for experience. No, it is for your intervention, for your active you know, attention. Anyway, so David just overheard this and he said, what's going on here? And they told him, ah, this is what is going on. David didn't go back to his father to tell his father, Papa, see what I've seen in the battlefront. No, he didn't go back. He said, I'm going to go against what? This man. That's the attitude. Now, people of God, a boy comes and soldiers, you know, commanders, you know, sergeant masters, you know, battle, you know, ready soldiers are running from an enemy. And he says he's going to fight him. Is he okay? Is he normal? Let me help you see how he is. His brother said, I know you have a problem. I know you have a problem. See you now. See the elders. Eh? See the warriors. We have not said let's go. You have a problem. You don't understand what is. Come on, go home. That's what he said to him. But you see, to address giants, you don't follow protocol. Are you hearing me? To bring that, because giants by being giants are out of protocol. The man was nine feet. There was no house. Today, if you're building a house, Georgie, what's the standard height for doors? Seven feet. If you're nine feet, they didn't build houses for you. Your shoe size might be about 24. They don't make shoes, so you're already out of, so why should we rest? You see, David said, I'm not even going home. I'm going to fight it. And they said, listen, listen. Go let the warriors plan and strategize after 45 days what we're going to do with him. David said, no, I'm not going. Why? Because he said, this is a reproach. Child of God, you and I must begin to see the things happening in our nation as a reproach to the name of our God and to what we believe. I get him. It's not personal. It's him. A nation that claims equal population or most likely even more Christians because we know that the data is always tilted against us. More Christians than the unbelievers. How can such things be happening? Those of us that are following the story of what is happening in Taraba. Are you saying that amongst those police officers that had been, you know, interacting with the kidnapper, there was nobody that goes to church? That's what I keep telling us here. The church guy would have been dancing to his church and saying, God, ah, this is my posting. is prosperous. We are passing a church the other day and all the banners they put that should make people come to church. There was none come for righteousness. There was none come for holiness. There was none come for heaven. 
What you see is Jesus Christ will make you rich. Jesus Christ will make you win. Jesus Christ. If somebody believes that kind of gospel and kidnapper is giving him money, is he going to have a problem with that? Isn't he getting rich? Isn't he winning? Isn't he buying better past my neighbor? Will it will be a reproach to him? No, but like we learned last time, anybody that has a bit of knowledge of God, you see, the light of God in a man, you know what it does? It increases your love for good and increases your hate for evil. Definitely, we're a nation that does not hate evil. We don't hate evil. It's only when it touches us. And then you see. That's why you see people, it's amazing. You see people who are in government, when they come out and they're talking, you say, ah, I wish this man should have been governed. Then you remember he was governor for eight years. Ah, this man would have made a good IG of police. Then you remember he was former IG. Because you see, evil is only evil when it, what? Affects them. That's it. But David was not affected by anything that was going on here. So David said, I'm going to fight this man. And they said to him, wait. But he insisted, they took him to King Saul. Okay, verse 31. Let's come to 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are youth. And he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by his bed and struck and killed it. 36, your servant has killed both lion and bear. And these uncircumcised Philistines will be like one of them, seeing he has what? Defied the armies of the living God. 37 says, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. You see what is happening here? When David met with the king, I've tried to find out from scriptures whether he told us, did David kill a lion and a bear and kept it private? It's possible because somebody, a 16-year-old, kills a lion and a bear in your kingdom. You will know him. In fact, at a stage in that story, if you look at 55, please, just just for someone's help. In verse 55, the Bible says, when, Samuel, when Saul sorry, saw David going out against the Philistines, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I don't even know. It means he was a nobody. Listen to me. The change that will happen in Nigeria won't be coming from some people you're looking at. That's why you're hearing what you hear every time you come here. It will be from somebody that they'll be looking. Where is he from? Who is he? This is how they'll be looking. David was not known, but not being known does not mean he was not acting. You know, there are two sides to a thing. Those who show and those who do. Many people who do are not showing. Many people who are showing are not doing. Someone said somewhere, say that one sign of a very healthy relationship is that it's not on Facebook. You don't see their pictures kissing. If you kiss, what are you putting your kiss with your wife on Facebook for? How will it help those who are watching it? To teach them how to kiss? If not that that kiss is ceremonial. Praise the Lord. You wear what? You take picture and put. You check into a hotel. You take picture and put. Me checking into. <laughs> Forgive me if you've been checking into. Praise the Lord. Okay? But David was not known. He didn't know David. Abner didn't say, who is that lad? But he said, that lad had something. He had an attitude. 
Say to yourself, I'm living here with an attitude. It's the born again Christian has, he has placed every man where he should be. God alone is exalted. Only God is exalted. But you can't have this attitude just like that. You know, the Bible says the person who will love this world and the things of this world. He said the love of the father is not in him. The same way, the person who will exalt God like that cannot exalt men. No. You can't exalt men. The throne is not free for all. David was a man who put God in his place. And when God took that place, nothing else mattered. Nothing else. He said to the king, when your servant used to keep sheep. Now, imagine, we're learning attitude here. Giant killing attitude. When your servant used to keep sheep. Imagine somebody that will go to fight a lion because of one sheep. One sheep. What kind of attitude is that? It meant that this man, David, was lion blind. That's in his eyes, lions were more like what? Lizard. In fact, the way he said, he said when he came, when I, yo, I used to keep my father's, he said lion came and took one, and I pursued it and smote it and took, the, I mean, look, at lion, have you seen lion before? <laughs> People of God, when you know God, when this mighty God becomes your God, lions, bears, giants, whatever they are called, they will look little in your eyes. And that's the whole thing. The more you see God, the more every other thing diminishes. The less you see God, the more every other thing what? Gets enlarged. So David said, I pursued it and killed it. And then a bear came. I, I, I said this will, they don't learn their lesson. I pursued the bear also and smote it. Now look at something very interesting in that story. Look at verse 35. 35 says, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. The time he actually killed the lion and the bear, he delivered the lamb from his mouth and started going back. It was when the lion roared against him. Look at part B. He says, but when it rose against me. He said, ah, you're coming for me. Are you getting it? We're learning here that private battles are not wise. He fought the lion to deliver the lamb. Now, when the lion came against him, he now could kill it. In our country, if political office holders, you know, public office holders, whatever they are, in your company, in your business, in your neighborhood, if you deliver, if you fight to deliver the lambs from the mouth of the lions, the day the lion will rise against you, you will smite it. But if you never, I'm making a very important point here, if you never try to deliver the lamb from the lion, the day it rises up against you, you won't have experience. You'll be meat for it. You'll be meat. And that's where we are. People don't respond. People don't act. You see, the innocent are being chewed by the mighty. Oppressors are getting away with us. And people who are in a position to respond are just minding their own business, keeping themselves more secure. Then when it now comes against them, they don't have experience in fighting giants. And it becomes a sorry situation. David said, this was the process. I delivered the lamb which was given to my care. But when the lion rose against me, then I killed it. The same thing with the bear. I delivered the lamb and I was on my own. But when the bear decided to come against me, then what? I killed it. It's a principle. The Bible says, he that is not faithful in another man's own, who will commit to his own? When you fight for what is God's, when it gets to you, God will not abandon you. When you fight for righteousness, when the wicked comes against you, God will not abandon you. 
But if all the while you've winked your eyes, you have turned your face, you have closed your eyes, you know, you've hidden behind a finger, you know, trying to say you're not seen, you're not aware, the day rises up against you. You'll be too weak. You'll be too weak. So David said, no, no, I'm going to fight him. Don't worry. I'm used to fighting God's battles. The Bible makes us understand Daniel 11:32, part B. It says those who know their God, what do they do? They will be strong and carry out what? Great exploits. If you read this story, you see how they gave us description of Goliath, And it's intimidating. But if you read Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, it will begin to tell you about your God. I beg, which one is greater? I say, which one is greater? Can we put our hands together to the God who created the heavens and the earth? You see, we, we, have, to, we have to compare we have to, from time to time, remind ourselves who is on this side, who is on that side. They told us how big Goliath was. They told us his spear. They told us his javelin. They told us his shield. They told us all of that. But David said, yes, you are all of that. But there is a God who created everything from the beginning to the end. Everything that there is. So he said, I would rather stand by that God. Anyway, the story continues. We'll quickly try and go. So Saul said to David, okay, I'm going to give you my armor. 38. He gave him the bronze helmet, put it on his head, clothed him with the coat of mail. And David tried and said, I can't walk with this. I've not tested them. So David took them off. He said, I have not what? Tested them. Child of God, one of the keys to bringing down a giant is... It's not the day you see a giant that you become a warrior. You have to start fighting when you're fighting lizards. It's not the day. If the things that bother God are not bothering you in the small places, don't call press conference. No, no. Are you getting what I'm saying? If what reproaches God or what you know, angers God or what provokes God has not provoked you in the smallest of places, don't try to use God to, you know, mount on the stage. Don't be a politician. You know, there are many Christian politicians. What are you shouting about, you know, evil outside, whereas there is evil in your house? What are you calling what unbelievers are doing to Christians, whereas you as a Christian is doing to another Christian? Are you getting what I'm saying? You must start from the smallest of places because, you see, the devil is a defeated foe, but he hasn't given up. We referred to the seven sons of Sceva the other day, isn't it? When they cast him out, he goes. When Paul cast him out, he goes. When Stephen cast him out, he goes. When all the prophets, you know, the servants of God. But he's going, but sons of Sceva, you want to cast me out? You think I don't know who I am? I might be the devil and I'm to go out in the name of Jesus. But you, have you knelt down in the name of Jesus? Praise the Lord, somebody. So this battle start. David said, I'm going to go this way and I'm not going to use untested weapon. The battle of the believer against the enemy is practiced first of all. Paul, the apostle says, I beat my body. I put it what? Under. Lest after I preach to others, I myself will be what? If you cannot hold your own appetite as MD, praise the Lord. If you can't, you know, carry out clean employment procedures, in your little three-man company, every time there is vacancy, you send message to Ogoje or to um, Okokomaiko. You're just employing three people. And then you're doing that. Then you now want to start saying, that they, 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 those people, they govern. 
No, in your small space. Is someone getting what I mean? You must. So that when you stand up in another place to speak, they can say, ah, we know this man's voice. We've been hearing him. Praise the Lord, somebody. We must get these things right because we have real enemies. But God, if he delights in us, it will be a walkover. Praise the Lord. It will be a walkover. And I'm declaring to you, your personal battles, you get this right, you will win. You will win. You see, the sweetest part of this battle is that when he now came to meet with the giant, the Philistine said, verse 43, he said, this is the giant now. Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. He began to reveal what we already knew. That it wasn't his size that was going to give victory. It was a spiritual battle. Are you seeing it? He began to curse David. What is a big man cursing a small boy? Imagine you now, you know, as a full-fledged man. A seven-year-old boy comes to fight you. Start cursing him. Your mama, your papa. Will you do that? <laughs> You won't do that. You won't even talk. If you were going to talk, you can be singing, row, row, row your boat, and then be beating him. But David was coming against this man, and he started cursing him. He started cursing him. Why? Because he knew that this battle was spiritual. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God. We are spiritual warriors. He began to curse David, and he went on. Look at what he said. He began to say, say, come to me, verse 44. I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Now look at what David said to him. Verse 45. David said, you come to me with a sword, with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. He said, this day the Lord will deliver into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air. Notice something that is happening here. Goliath was coming to fight only David. David was fighting the whole Philistines. Goliath was saying, I will kill you, David. David was saying, I will kill the Philistines. Not so you are dead already. I'm going to kill the rest of the Philistines. He went on. He says, the birds of the and the wild beasts, and that all the earth may know. What does he want to proclaim? That there is a God in Israel. Child of God, there is a part of this battle you will align. You will always win. The Bible says, as the earth remains, say the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as what? The waters. Anytime you're on a site that will make God to be known, you will win. It says, and all will know. That's one of the things that gives me confidence. That God is in this nation and he'll be revealed. Praise the Lord. He will be revealed. Allah is no God. Praise the Lord. No, he's no God. There is no God in Saudi Arabia. Not even the devil that has stoned him is not even there too. The devil enjoys That's why every time they come to stone him, he takes some of them. He just kills some of them. Say, be stoning, I'll be killing you. How can you be stoning a spiritual being? You know? So David responded. He said, oh, oh, okay, you get it. It's at the level of curses. Now, and it gets more interesting now. 47 says, then this whole assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword or the spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he'll give it into our hands. The same thing that Joshua said, if the Lord delights, he will do what? He will give it. Okay. But look at 48, which we are round up. Let's read 48 together, everybody. So it was, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that what? Okay, let me read it myself and you tell me what you see there. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David 
hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. What do you see here as we round up? What do you see? Yes, you see, giants. When you see them, what do you do? You get terrified and you draw back. This giant was coming against David. And David was what? Was running towards the giant. You know why? They told us that giants are bread. Let's rise on our feet. They told us giants are what? Child of God, we don't run from troubles. If God be for us, which giant, which devil, which opposition? You see, the common Nigerian language is, I was minding my business. You see, you are minding your business. Something comes to you. Know that that battle, the Lord has brought it so you will gain victory. You will gain glory. You ascend higher by it. Today we are saying because we are planted in Nigeria in this season, my life will be better by the things that will happen. I will work. The Lord will use me. You see, we don't, many years now we've been running. When we see trouble, we'll run, isn't it? But we are seeing from David, you don't turn, never turn your back to a giant. Many of us were in school where there were bullies. Do you know that the strength of every bully is that people run from him? The first person that stands up to a bully is the one that brings him down. He is not experienced in it. The bully is experienced in fighting and beating people that are afraid of it. The first time a bully encounters somebody who is running towards him, you know what happens? All that pride, all that false confidence disappears. And today as a nation, we are calling out for men and women who will no longer run from the giants. We will run towards the giants. Now notice here, very important. This giant had an armor bearer. This giant had a shield. This giant had a spear. This giant had a javelin. This giant had what is it? He had a sword. But David had what? He had a stick. And then he had a stone and a sling. Hallelujah. And as he ran towards David, the Bible says, David slung the stone. Now, you know how this is interesting. It's interesting because the armor covered the whole body of the giant. The armor bearer covered. But there's a space, if we had the analysis, there's a space in the armor that left a little space. That stone went specifically and hit it. Now, I've told us here that except you believe in fairy tales, a stone cannot hit a man and he falls head forward. You see, when David ran forward, the armies of heaven were activated on his behalf. And that was what brought down Goliath. Today we are learning, I don't run from my giants. Why? If God be for me, who can be against me? He says the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. David threw the stone, but God took that stone and pushed it in and pushed the man's head down. Today we are learning that by faith we will overcome. By faith we will stand. By faith we will no longer flee. We will fight. We will stand. And because God is for us, because God delights in us, we will win the victory. I need you to open your mouth and begin to declare concerning every circumstance, situation. Somebody, maybe it's a business situation. Maybe it's a negotiation you're involved in. And there are giants that you're negotiating against. There are institutions that seem stacked against you. Whatever it is, I want you to know today that God does not take notice of giants. His victory is standard. He wins every battle. He is the mighty God. He is the mighty God. He is the mighty God. You 
don't need them to come down. You don't need to equate in their arsenal. You don't need to equate in their experience. You need to have Jehovah and remove every spirit of fear, every spirit of intimidation. The strength of the bully is in intimidation. Once you're no longer intimidated, he has lost every strength he has. And that is what we are living church. We are not afraid again. We are not afraid. We do what we should do. We say what we should say. And if the lion rises up against us, surely, because we have delivered the lamb from his mouth, we will catch it, we will smite it, and we will kill it. In the name of Jesus, let's begin to declare concerning our life, we will no longer run. We will no longer run. My purpose is to live a life that Jehovah delights in. That Jehovah delights in. That's where the battle is. Because God is the one that gives victory. The Bible says it is Jehovah. It says the battle is not to the strong or to, but time and chance. It is God that has time. It's God that has chance. It says safety is of the Lord. It says the horses are prepared for the day of battle, but only God can give victory. This morning we are saying our God humbles giants. Our God humbles the oppressors. Our God humbles the wicked. And since we are surrendered to him, we are saying, Lord, find us your sons, find us your daughters, and use us, and use us in the name of Jesus Christ. People of God, time will fail us to mention people like Gideon. Gideon was a fearful man. Gideon was a terrified man. Such that he was threshing wheat in a wine press. Two opposites. Wine presses were in the lowest of places. Which was supposed to be threshed on top of the mountain. So that the wind can blow up the chaff. But that's how he was. But when God called him. When God persuaded him. When God convinced him. The fact that these people, you see. The, 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 the Midianite had been oppressing Israel. The point I want you to get here is this. The, the bully is not used to being challenged. He has no experience in that. Everybody the bully has beaten was running from him. But here is David running towards him. The same thing with the Midianites. When, when Gideon was going to destroy, you know how he did it? He went with a trumpet. And a, 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 a what now? A vase, a clay vase with touch inside. He just blew the trumpet. We have come to fight you. They, had not, they didn't believe the children of Israel could fight. And they started fleeing. Today, you turn your direction. That thing that has embarrassed you, that thing that has made you cry, no more. In the name of Jesus, you are going by the power of the Holy Ghost. There will be a turnaround. Because our God delights in humbling the proud. He delights in giving victory to his children. Fear not. Fear not. Father, we thank you. We thank you, our King and our God. We exalt you. The Bible says, those who know their God, this morning, Father, we are saying, we want to know you. We want to see you high and lifted up. We want to hear your sound on top of the mulberry trees. 
so that these things that have intimidated us that have frightened us that have harassed us will no longer succeed Lord behold your church you said you send us out as sheep amongst wolves which means you will be our defense Lord we are standing today to say Lord we will not run again we know whom we have believed and we are convinced that this nation that you have put us in the wicked will not drive us out of here the wicked will not prevail against the righteous iniquity will not overthrow this nation righteousness shall yet be exalted in the name of Jesus Lord the princes that are trekking we are decreeing by the word of God let their positions be made available to them the servants that are riding on horses the unqualified the mediocres Lord we uproot them in the name of Jesus we uproot them Lord the mediocrity that has permeated every aspect of our nation such that the qualified are walking about without jobs Lord we are saying thus far no more we are saying thus far no more in the name of Jesus that we live in a nation where those who work hard do not earn and those who do nothing are earning billions we say thus far and no more let labor be rewarded let labor be rewarded let labor be rewarded let good labor be rewarded in the name of Jesus Lord we are saying you are God you promised us in your word that once more it's a little while you shake the heavens and the earth Lord we are saying shake this nation shake this nation shake this nation let it be known that the most high God rules in the affairs of men Lord humble the proud some have sat and are planned and appointed and are permeated but they did not factor in that there is a God in heaven oh Lord arise oh Lord arise oh Lord arise let your enemies be scattered in the name of Jesus Christ Lord let your word that says these giants are bread for us let them come to fulfillment let it come to fulfillment in the mighty name of Jesus and for your church today we pray let there be a competition to delight you let there be a love for good a hatred for evil let us indeed be that soul that you have called us to be let us shine our lights oh Lord let us be vessels through which your glory will be revealed Lord deliver everyone that is named amongst us let their hands be removed from evil let their feet oh Lord be taken away from the path of the wicked let them separate themselves from the accord of the ungodly that you may find us a holy people that you can place your agenda upon the Bible says and we know that all things they work together for good but it's not for everybody to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose Lord will pray for a church that will love you and will be in pursuit of your purpose 
so that you turn these things around according to your word. You will overthrow and overthrow and overthrow until that one who is this will come. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord, somebody. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenaokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.